welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me, as always, is the wonderful Ben Slinger. I, you nearly had me convinced, and then you stumble over that last word there. You don't really think I'm wonderful. No, yeah, I'm I was going to say hi. the wonderful Trevor Scott, but... <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's there's a is that a Freudian slip? I don't know. You love yourself that much. Anyway, yeah. Hi, welcome to Bitstorm. This week, episode one twenty one. We're gonna jump right in and play some Click Storm. That's not what it's called. Click Pitch. Is it about now that we should actually say that this is actually the hundred and twenty second episode that we've recorded? Yeah, I guess we could bring up that lost the episode that got lost to the uh, vagaries of. Audacity, fucking up. Um, we did have an extra episode. We unfortunately could not, well, have not yet been able to to salvage it uh, because Audacity decided to just occasionally cut a second or two out of my audio as it was recording without telling us. It was really nice. Thanks, Audacity. Yeah, occasionally uh, being about, oh, what, about 15 minutes of audio out of the whole yeah. fucking Yeah, oh, yeah, thing. constantly throughout the thing. So- Unfortunately, you may never hear the wonderful Snorks game that we came up with. Uh, but we may be able to salvage it one day if we ever bother having time to. Yeah, we could on. we could try and, and sort of, you know, I don't talk that much. It can't have been that much out of my, you know, contribution that was <laughs> that was left out. Well, let me just say then, uh, having edited this podcast for about a hundred and <laughs> well, about fifty. <laughs> eight or maybe even 60 plus episodes of this, um, you talk a lot more than I do. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> anyway, Click Pitch is a game where we each have a random word generator in front of us. And on the count of three to one click, we will both click refresh. We'll get a new random, completely random, created from the noise of the Cosmos word. And uh, we will... Smash those two words together, create a black hole of game design. <laughs> Wait, that doesn't sound like it's going to be good. <laughs> no, just going astra astronomical, uh, and uh, yeah, then we'll probably throw it away and come up with a new one. Yeah, Shall we? and I, I think I think the operative word is throw it away because we are throwing these words away today because we still haven't reached our fifty retweets of our previous episode. <laughs> to be fair, we only released that episode yesterday. So we'll see by this time next next week. <laughs> Please one click. Ah, uh, the uh the go to for any lazy game design. My word is gun. <laughs> External. Which I suppose is better than internal. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that that's generally the, the preference. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, so, I've decided well, that we're going to flip it today. Well, no, I was going to say, because even just having that word external kind of implies the existence of the opposite, right? So, yep. I, think we can, I think we can run with that. <laughs> So, so it, in 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 the fact that our character has an external gun, there is another character in the world that has an internal gun. Well, I was thinking, is this is this a world where it's it's like hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of years in the future, and the world has the the human race has just divided into two distinct species, 
one. You, you, which you're is saying that in a hundred million years, the Australian, uh, not the Australian, the human race isn't going to completely blow itself into oblivion. Well, I mean, this is this is provided we don't all die from the, you know, the the consequences of climate change in the next thirty years. But basically, the descendants of the United States of America <laughs> all evolved <laughs> to have biological guns. As part of their body, uh, and the rest of the world did not. <laughs> and um, now so, so fighting now, a war. So now I'm saying to saying to see that um, as part of like the background for this thing, all the religious people started realizing that um, you know evolution was actually true, and that the whole religious thing that's all far behind because they mm-hmm. they now have proof of evolution. Just look at the American people. Well, the evolved yeah, gun. When the like- the first the first baby to to be born, where it's bone marrow created bullets instead of blood, was a really it was a momentous you know scientific occasion, and and nobody quite knows if it was a result of genetic engineering or of just of the pure jingoist nationalist <laughs> blood. In every red blooded American, or now, or now chrome blooded, perhaps. That the, the the worst part was that they didn't know that this was a possibility, and the stress of the birth led the um led the baby to accidentally shoot the doctor. Now the doctor's fine, or yeah. was fine, but you know he it was had, just a, had a, a little bit wound. of a, just a flesh wound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what made that that very first. Gun baby, uh, you know, a national phenomenon. Okay, so how many years is it after the first handgun, literally handgun? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so I think maybe there are even subspecies where the guns uh, sort of sprout or, or grow in different parts of the body. Um, so, yeah, some people just have a handgun. And look- there are downsides. You know, evolution does not always mean moving forwards. It means evolving to fit, in, in the literal sense of the word, your environment. Mm-hmm. And that makes perfect sense for America, where everybody's dying from gun deaths every sense of the, you know, every second of the day. And their whole thing is, well, you, everyone needs, their, needs a gun to protect themselves. So, uh, it was only natural. But it does make using chopsticks- or like, you know, playing piano, very difficult. Let, uh, let alone, um, you know, making love to your partner. Well, dangerous, really. <laughs> uh, they, they don't have safeties. It's all, it's biological. <laughs> so uh, it's basically you. You know, you know how um, when when uh, someone's at the office and and someone's got a good idea and someone does that like that finger gun motion. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's actually resulted in a lot of deaths. Uh, we had to actually every it, it's become an illegal like an obscene gesture because it could literally you don't know if someone's a a hand like a hand gunner or a cock gunner or a or a leg gunner. Yeah, I don't know. Some people just like I don't know. There might be mutations where it just evolves in weird places. Some people might literally have it internally, which is is more of a, a genetic abnormality, because and they don't survive very long because 
you know, it's probably triggered by emotions, right? And so there might be some people who are able to get it under control before the gun in their lungs literally, like, fires and rips the rest of their organs apart. Mm -hmm. Especially if they've got a shotgun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Anyway, so- We've we've sort of established the premise. Oh, I just I just realised that like puberty is just hell. <laughs> Talk about premature ejaculation. <laughs> Billy's been up in his room for a while. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> so do they fire? Do, do they fire bone bullets or something? Like, I think so. Yeah. Okay. It's just bone shards or or it's like cartilage or or it's just, you know, some sort of or it's even calcium deposit sort of thing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Some maybe ice. Like the body could sort of use its energy to cool um, cool something down well enough. And and like the I'm I'm thinking the propellant is like, you know, when magnesium goes into water, how how crazy it goes. It's basically Sodium, you mean? Uh, it's magnesium as well, doesn't it? It, it, it like explodes when it you put it into water. It may do. I, well, I know that magnesium uh, like burns bright and sodium, but you might be right. Magnesium may react with uh, with water as well. But anyway, yes, oh, there are, magnesium yeah, I mean, doesn't, but sodium does. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, there are. It's a chemical reaction, right? Yes. Like there are plenty of those in. Uh, even in nature, probably. Well, I don't know. Are there any explosive animals in nature? Anyway, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. Uh, so I'm kind of actually, I'm actually flip flopping a bit on my earlier idea. I think maybe this is something that happened over a shorter period of time, and and you know maybe was the result of some sort of genetic engineering or or extreme extreme selective breeding. <laughs> I don't even know okay, so that. so you you play the last surviving sort of soldier. Who needs an external gun? Okay. Well, yeah, because what I was thinking is that, like, if this happened and it's just Americans, <laughs> like, I feel like the rest of the world has quarantined them, right? Like, there's some pretty extreme yeah, sections so, okay, okay, on they, Americans they like, leaving the country. They put, like, a massive wall around all of America. Yep. <laughs> Uh yeah, yeah, I feel like they're that going to wall could uh, is is a bit too topical, but uh, <laughs> no. Look, I why? think it's just is, is is there is there some some reason why a wall wouldn't work? <laughs> <laughs> Plenty, but let's not go into that. No, I, I think it's just the uh, yeah, like they've they've put extreme sanctions on the US. People aren't allowed to leave. Uh, at least, I don't know what percentage oh, they, they of the population they certainly over can't there fly now. away. They mm-hmm. certainly can't fly away um, because you're not allowed, you know, handguns or any concealed weapons on planes. So straight away, TSA agents just, you know, um, anytime yeah, well, an American goes it's to be an airport, really tough like for TSA. <laughs> How do they even? And I think they literally, literally just like they've bombed all the airports or something. I don't know, like. I don't know how extreme it's got, whether it's just that- uh, I guess it's where in the great, you know, America versus the world war, like, how far have we got? Is this the beginning of it? Is it just where the rest of the world has kind of cut them off, put 
put sanctions on them. You know, we're not we're saying you're not allowed to travel. You're not allowed to leave the country because you know it's it's just too dangerous. We can't have people out there with with guns, internal guns, and, and I mean especially breeding outside. You know, there's almost mm-hmm. certain issues around that. Is this where America starts to fight back? Uh, or is this, you know, has that already started? Is there a full-blown war going on? And I, what, uh, what else? And the reason I brought this up is, do you play, do you have an external gun because you're playing a non-American? Or are you a, a some sort of anomaly within America now, like an anomaly now where you don't have an internal weapon? <laughs> um, well, I, I think- Going back to my idea about you being the last soldier, you've, you're sort of, you know, 25, 26. Yeah. The first guns were sort of, uh, internal guns were seen about 40 years ago. And for some reason, you, you're one of the, one of the outliers who don't, weren't actually born with a weapon. Right. Okay. So, so yeah, they've basically, they've got to find, frame. obviously for it to, so, okay. So does that mean that, Okay, so have they maybe limited- Maybe there is still travel, but they, like, test you for your age and, like, for certain genetic markers Markers. or something. Yep. Yeah. Oh, maybe you play a spy then. Because maybe because you don't have those genetic markers, you're able to travel outside the US or something. Okay. And infiltrate the, uh, the rest of the UN or whatever. Yeah, I, I kind of like the idea of you playing playing a spy who, um, who you know, as as they're going and and all that sort of stuff. They, I think at first they th- they believe, you know, all the all the markers have sort of said, yeah, they they're not um, they're not like every other American. But late game, I think they find out that they did actually have a hidden weapon. Oh, okay, they're actually like the next evolution yep. of. Of the weaponized American, yeah, the re- what they were actually uh, looking homo, for was like uh, <laughs> Homo Machine Gunicus. <laughs> yeah, oh, I was trying to think of a good pun. Damn it, Homo Shotgunian or something. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Homo Explosionicus or something like that. <laughs> oh, I think I'll, I'll come up with one. Uh, <laughs> But um, well, so well because I was thinking this. This obviously gives us a good satirical, um, uh, satirical base to to really jam it home to the fucking gun happy Americans, right? Yeah. So, a la, play- a la pl- the American Dream. Yes, absolutely. By Samurai Punk Games. Samurai Punk. Yeah, playing an American who believes, like, who is is totally bought into the propaganda and. You know the the real nationalism of America, and then traveling outside and learning what the rest of the world really thinks, and seeing how other people live, that could give us some real interesting fodder for comparing that and obviously making it an allegory for modern yeah. day, like for today. Uh, so I guess it comes down to, well, yeah, I mean, and and that doesn't that doesn't preclude that idea of oh, they do have an internal weapon after all. Now, what are they going to do with it? Like, are they still, you know, now they've got the opportunity to, like, assassinate some leader in the the UN. Are they going to take it, you know? Yeah. So, what sort of, what I, sort of gameplay are you thinking? I'm picturing I mean, it makes it sense like to be a, an um, FPS. 
it's like from a first person perspective, but it's um, less so in the way of gunplay for most of it. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe a bit Deus Exy. Yeah, Deus Sexy. Just in that there's a lot of exposition and there's conversation, and but you do have some some first person shooting gunplay kind of stuff. Yeah, but it's it's more strategic. It's tactical a bit. It's and you, you usually have the opportunity not to. Mm. I love the idea as well, though, that like an external gun to this guy is is super foreign now. It's <laughs> uh, because I'm sort of picturing that by this time in the states, you know, ninety nine percent or whatever of of people have internal guns, so they've actually melted down all the all the external. Guns, tr- traditional weapons to to make different things, you know. Yeah, I, c- I can picture that. Like you, you head out into the world, and most of the world have have done away with guns altogether. Yeah, yeah. Basically, outside of the US, it's kind of a bit of a utopia, you know. Yeah, uh, I kind of like the idea that they have to like dust off these these twenty nineteen <laughs> style guns. Yeah, yeah. And they they dust like they go into this old sort of co- uh, covered from like. You know, current day, our yeah. current day, and they go, "Oh, this this stuff hasn't been used in years. Just be careful about this ammunition; <laughs> it may be a little bit bad." <laughs> so occasionally, the gun jams and all this sort of stuff because yeah. it's you know fifty years old ammunition at this stage. Yeah, for sure. So I'm thinking because uh, I just had the idea that if you could if you could then come up with a way to neutralize the weaponry in the Americans, then you've essentially like taking away all their guns now. <laughs> well, I, I like the idea that it's um it's got its basis in like salt. Okay. As in, you know, a lot of a lot of the um a lot of the food outside of outside of the US oh, is salt. Right. Yeah, okay. That's a factor in, in the them being able to like create crystals of of uh salt to fire out or something. Yeah. Um so do we cut off their salt supply? Yeah, I I, I kind of like the idea that you sort of you you realize that you know you're going through this salt factory and all this sort of stuff where you know the evil bad guy that you're sort of going up against he he launches and knocks you into like this this massive um like vat of salt and <laughs> you ingest enough that basically it. Starts a chemical reaction in your body, and you you come out, and, and you got finger guns, and oh, you've got like all your all your fingers are guns. <laughs> it's like <laughs> every extremity. <laughs> no, I uh, yeah, I don't know about how we'll end it, but I love I love how much opportunity for satire there is, especially with the salt <laughs> thing, because then you just have to make these Americans these like salt marching gun nuts, which they fucking are. And <laughs> and you know you can really play up on the whole the whole like capitalism thing as well like the whole country is run by this multi trillionaire while everyone else is just basically shooting each other for scraps and yeah, yeah with there's- assault weapons oh fuck yes <laughs> three to one click <laughs> you did it you fucking did it. <laughs> Postmaster. Cure. <laughs> so, so just to just to avoid going too close to our previous game, 
I'm thinking curing. Cure is like curing meat, <laughs> bacon, <laughs> ham, etc. And how does this work in with a postmaster? I don't know. Although I- I'm considering, thinking a leader of a post the use office. Of, considering the use of salt in in the curing process, actually, maybe it doesn't go too far from our previous game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we don't have to go with curing food stuffs. No, I'm I'm kind of think thinking that you're a postmaster of of like a, a small town um post mm-hmm. office mm-hmm. so you know you sort of you're dealing a day-to-day sort of thing what actually happens is one of your workers finds a um finds an envelope that's been there for for quite a while opens it up uh, just to check what's inside and they find like a white powder mm-hmm. it's kind of like an anthrax sort of sort of thing yeah and so yep. then the um the whole curing is that you know it doesn't have to be anthrax or whatever it can just be like a, a narrative story of of this small town post office that gets caught up in the, in like this biological attack. Yeah, well, anthrax makes sense. It's infectious. Yep, infectious, and there's there's got to be a cure. But I, I like the idea of of just this this narrative story and learning about some of these local people who who have been you know. Uh, coming in to collect their parcels and all this sort of stuff, and then this massive event sort of happens to this small town. Yeah, I I like that. Brings idea. a lot I- for for um, a narrative mm-hmm. sort of like analyzing just like the human condition. Well, and it gives me a sense of something like under the dome, or like yeah, they get quarantined. Right, this small town gets quarantined. Yeah, it's like the it's like the entire town actually. Well, like a, know, a, a good a, a significant number of people are infected. Yeah, and it's it's highly infectious. We can go with at least some strain of anthrax. I'm reading here that they can um, you can you can treat anthrax with antibiotics. Uh, it's a bacterial infection, but like this is a case where you know it's. It's a severe, it's a, like it's a maybe it's a different restrained form of it. sort of thing. Yeah, and you know they don't have enough antibiotics in this small town to to you know cure everyone. So it's about you know there's there's aspects of having to bring in medicine from outside and how the government then treats this town and yeah, okay, yeah. I kind I kind of like the idea that even the um maybe it's just a whole heap of people in the town were given these these letters. And it was the postmaster who's sort of handing them out because mm-hmm. people were coming to collect them. And then just before he's about to open his, you know, everything sort of goes to shit and everyone else gets infected, but not him. Yeah, well, I like the idea of of the post office being sort of the centre of this. Yeah. And also, like, having to communicate, you know, maybe they make everyone... I don't know. Well, okay, wait. When are we setting this? Because it could be more interesting to, interesting to set it a bit further back before, you know, the internet at the very least. Yeah. So that people are mostly having to rely on letters. I'm not I'm not thinking go back 100 years, but maybe go back like 50 years. Um, so there's phones and stuff, but they might get cut off at some point. Like 60s or 70s. Yeah. I think I, think I can see I can see the sort of the cars, you've got like the hippie groups. Um, you've yeah, got I think like, like peace the signs like everywhere. And, and yeah, yeah, that could be really interesting for sure. 
a, a, fa- a faded um a faded like poster of Woodstock or something like that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I, I like the idea of of the post office being like this hub of of social interaction because yeah, absolutely. You know- and, and so people people gather there when this happens, and and you know maybe it's uh, I mean they've probably got some sort of town hall or something, but maybe it's close by. It's sort of the it's in the it's in the center of town. Yeah, the central business district, which consists yeah. of like seven shops. <laughs> yeah, it's not much, right? There's a there's a general store. There's a you know, the, there's the post office, there's the town hall, there's a library, there's a, you know. I, I like the idea that there's no actual, like, um, there's no mailman or anything like that. Like, in this town, everyone just came to the post office to pick up their letters. Like, they're such a small right. town. Yeah, that, that makes sense. So, everyone knows the postmaster and, and all this sort of yeah. stuff. And just- well, that's it. And then, then you've got the opportunity to really introduce characters who are recurring and you get to know them a bit. All right, so what sort of gameplay are we thinking? Uh, it tends to lead itself towards semi-point-and-click. Semi-point-and-click, but uh, I think it's closer to even the telltale way of doing things. Of A lot of this is going to be dialogue-based and not so much the yeah. inventory. Yeah, based. well, I was almost thinking even, even going away from moving your character around the screen or whatever, yeah. you just sort of move between locations. Yep. And it's it's just about being in the right location at a particular time to to solve a puzzle or to have a conversation with someone. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's a very much a time based thing, and I'm not saying that time is necessarily always ticking, but you know, it's like oh, such and such is going to come pick up their mail at seven o'clock. So there's other things you have to do up until that point, uh, but you sort of you have a real sense of what time it is when certain things might happen, you know. You know that at, I don't know, the power went off at, you know, 3 a.m. on a certain day and and there are repercussions from that of, like, how long the antibiotics are going to last or something. And so, there's just- Oh, a because, yeah, t- the refrigeration was off at the hospital and- <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And so, there's a real- Well, and it's not even a hospital, right? It's such a small town. They don't have a huge hospital. They've got, yeah, you know, like a clinic <laughs> to fit that had clinic. a stock of them. <laughs> It's what? It's a veterinary clinic with, with like, a, a human heart <laughs> just tacked on the side. Well, they might be combined, uh, at least. But, yeah, it, it feels very feels very Stephen King. And, I mean, obviously, I made the comparison to Under the Dome, but really about these strong characters and what they do in these crisis situations. Yeah. And then- and then who you play. And it could be an opportunity to really have some branching stuff of you developing your character. Like, you can either be the sort of calm leader who who, who t- keeps things under control, or you could, like, take power a bit and, and, and take advantage of this situation to, you know, to then become a, a, a less benevolent leader of these yep. people. I, I do like- That's why I was sort of leaning towards the telltale- way of thinking because they yeah. do have that um you know such and such will remember that but have it that it's it's actually you can really shape people's perceptions of you and so there are certain yeah. story yeah. elements that you you'll lock off if you if you act like a complete asshole to someone you'll actually Sorry. lock them out from from pursuing some of these some of these things so, depending on how how you uh, talk to talk to the people, if you if you give them like 
a, a lot of shit and you you're basically you're going they're going to lose trust in you and therefore you're going to lose out some story points that you can actually go down with this character because they're not going to want to interact yeah. with you yeah yeah i think that's you, you could almost and, and you know it's a writing challenge to do this to any extreme degree but at any point throughout the game you could be within a range of you know trustworthy to to not as a leader and that sort of affects the dialogue options you've got and and how people see you yeah yeah that could be cool yeah it's um, really cool so how does it end what are the end options i'm i'm kind of i'm kind of going down the down the path of you know one of the people who who is um in infected with this with thing uh this thing is like your son mm-hmm. and that's that's your reason as to as to why you're you're you know investigating this as as much as you can because you know basically you for some reason haven't got infected and the cdc are sort of like they've sent people in and then it's like well if you haven't been infected you know these people pretty well you can help out but like the idea that you know, his son who was infected is pretty much no matter what you do, you're going to get your heartstrings sort of pinged in this game because your your son is basically doomed from the second that you you delivered the, the letter and let him open it. Mm, mm, yeah, I like that little touch that it's, you've got a, a pang of guilt and responsibility for having done mm. that, even though it's just your job. Yeah, so you've taken the letter home and you left it on the on the bench, and you switch on the news, and all of a sudden you hear this stuff just as your son opens it, and yeah, yeah, that's cool. And then yeah, I think maybe the people who open the letters are basically done for because they got sort of the strongest or the yeah. the freshest batch or something, and then it it does spread, you know, throughout a large chunk of the rest of the town. But um, yeah. Mm. Mm, I like the I like the kind of worlds we're building this episode. <laughs> Narratives. It's not that's cool. Have have you got a um have you got a pun to finish out on? Uh so I've been thinking and I couldn't think of one. Peace man, hippies uh 70s No, I got nothing. <laughs> Three to one click. Maybe something about tie die, like as they died. <laughs> God. Arguing fool, arguing fool. Ah, uh, okay, okay. These sort of games are always difficult to to envision. Mm-hmm. If you're talking about any sort of mechanics around speech, ah, uh, so maybe this is another go down the sort of narrative route to till we get to the game. Arguing fool. <laughs> What's just coming to my head was like the Monty Python sketch, the argument in which um, they're having an argument where all it is is just contradiction. Yeah. Well, and then they argue about whether it's an argument. Is it is? Right? No, it's not. How <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, would you turn that into a game? It's a mobile game where all you're doing is you got to tr- try and choose the um, the opposite answer to, to <laughs> the statement that's just been said. <laughs> just as fast as you can. <laughs> I mean, could this be something where an argument 
set something in motion. Maybe fool isn't a noun, but it's a verb. To fool someone. You know, some sort of... I don't know, what, what's a good... Where would an argument happen where it would kind of set something in motion that would result in a fun game? A video game. <laughs> I, I'm just wondering if there's if there's like something that we can go down that is sort of sitting in the in the I mean fooling someone is sort of going back into espionage as well mm-hmm. because you're trying to fool them into thinking that you are actually you know who you um, say you are who you say you are whether you're loyal to to the group that you're talking to all those sort of things I'm just wondering if it's sort of like that the argument that's actually happening is more like an interrogation sort of thing. Okay. We could do that. Or yeah. it could be a game where you're a bunch of teenagers trying to start your own prank show. <laughs> and the argument is with your parents who think you're rightfully a fucking idiot. <laughs> but you don't listen because you're 16. And then we get some cool teen dynamics Maybe there's an element of holding the video camera while your friend slaps a stranger in the nuts and then gets arrested for assault and you have to deal with the repercussions of your dumb teenagehood. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the the argument starts out as you're you're talking to your parents. Yep. They're going to win the argument no matter what. Okay. And then you've You've got to then fool them for the rest of the game that you you have not joined joined your friends in um in like doing stupid shit. Yeah, perhaps. Look, I, I don't think I don't think the argument necessarily has to start it off. I think it's just, it can just be part of the story. I kind of like the idea of of this game as a found footage esque, like everything is through the lens of your of your camcorder. Kind of vibe, or your, or your, the problem you can call it. I guess if we're going more modern through your phone camera, <laughs> but maybe it does start off like your parents are. You're arguing with your parents about it, and they're like, "Turn that fucking thing off! Like, stop filming us!" And you're like, "No, like this is for YouTube. Do it for the Vine." Uh, <laughs> like, you know, I'm going to be famous because I'm going to film everything, and we're going to do stupid shit. And then, yeah, it's kind of just these, and then it's like first person, like you're literally moving the moving the phone camera around. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if it's, I wonder if for a game like that, if it would be too disconcerting to just show what the camera would see, or if you literally show like the hand out with the camera and what's actually being seen in the background as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the main view is on the camera, on the phone, but with a blurred out. Background. Yeah, kind of slightly blurred background so you can kind of see what's happening. That could be kind of neat. Uh, you, you just have to mess around with how that display would work. But, yeah, and then you kind of get these little vignettes and stuff, I think, or these little sections where it, it could almost just be a a very, a very linear, you know, some decision-making stuff. You're pretty much just, you can, you've got full control over the camera. You've got some sort of mini-game sections where you have to capture- the action. Mm-hmm. You've got dialogue trees where you, you know, talk with your friends and, and different things happen. You could have some interesting sections where, like, you're filming yourself 
and then maybe all you do see is the camera. Or, or no, you might not just see the camera. You might see the the phone sitting in front of you with the like forward facing camera on, and you see yourself in it as you, you know, have a little have a little monologue with yourself when you're sitting in prison after <laughs> you know jumping out of a garbage bin at someone and giving an old lady a heart attack. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised that actually hasn't been used yet that you know these teenager prank pranksters jump out of a could jump out of a garbage bin and scare an old lady to death. Or yeah, these these happened. teenagers were hiding in a dumpster and it got emptied and they got squashed. <laughs> I'm sure some dumb prank teenagers have killed themselves yeah. in stupid ways. Film at 11. <laughs> 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 and yeah, no, I don't know. I, I feel like that's a, a fun device for for telling a story. For frivolity. Hmm. And ennui. I don't know. Melancholy. Angst. All those teenage feelings. Three to one click. Page. Treat. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. 2019. <laughs> you want to read another page? Treat yourself. <laughs> so it's okay. Parks and Rec. Uh, no, I was actually <laughs> thinking page is also like, was another name for like a messenger in like yeah, okay, ancient yeah. times. Yep. So I kind of like the idea that it it's as uh, maybe the page's birthday, and the um the Baron has has allowed the the page to you know go off for his birthday to have a have a treat, you know, in his benevolent self, he's given him the afternoon off. Yep. I kind of like the idea of of there being some sort of um. Just not not point and click and not adventure game, but just um, okay. Let's like an, let's an say action-y it's sort of, like a uh, young um, girl because we haven't had any women protagonists yep. this uh, episode. And yeah, I, I think I get what you're going. It's kind of a very chilled out. You're just a kid on a break in a in this medieval town, and you get to like run around and do shit. Like you kind of get to be free. And explore yeah. and climb things and chase birds <laughs> or cats or I don't know. I do kind of like the idea of just it, almost this open world, not a huge, huge space, yeah. but enough space where you can wander around. You like find other kids, like the peasant kids, you know, and and you have some fun with them. And you've got a little mini game where, yeah, you're like trying to catch, catch wild stray cats or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> How many cats can you catch? <laughs> but but in that kind of in that real way that it, it it's you you're getting a you're getting a sense of the personality of your character and the other characters while this all goes on, right? Like it's just really an excuse to to do something and have a, have a conversation going on and have things happening. Yeah. I kind of overtook that. Is that what you were thinking? Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, actually thinking so, sort of something along that that lines, but I'm also thinking that it's sort of it. Um, I was originally thinking a little bit older because I was thinking the next day it's sort of like it cuts to like 
almost a hangover situation. That right. at some stage the page is sort of, um, you know, sort of passed out and then a whole heap of shit has happened and it's basically just a medieval hangover. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you're skewing a bit older, maybe like 15. Yeah. And it's like, like 15. She and- went out for, for mead and, and, like right, then you can then you can sort well, of well. Okay, maybe maybe you get to do both. Maybe maybe you introduce this character over a few afternoons. Like, oh yeah, yeah. You can sort of show that um, show her growing up. You when she was younger, the, the you know, the Baron always then. for her birthday said, you know, you can go mm-hmm. out and and sort of do stuff, and then um, that's your only sort of day off. And it's basically yeah. this time he goes, okay, you got a whole weekend that that you've got off, and it's like, yeah. oh my god. Two whole days, and the first day is basically you get drunk and then you wake up. And then the second day is and the second day trying is to just- solve whatever huge problem has occurred while you're blacked yep. out. <laughs> okay, I like this a lot. I, I just I, I, I started thinking, oh, how much would I love to actually play like a, a dude where's my car sort of thing? Dude, where's my wagon? <laughs> Even though we just did that in the last I couple know. of weeks with dude, but that's dude wears my yellow, but that's okay. Let's let there's you cannot have too many dude wears mys. Yeah. <laughs> um, or babe wears my. <laughs> what was it? Babe. Oh, babe wears my. Yeah. Hey, babe, wears my. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, let's. Let's dig into this a bit more because I like this general idea. So I think maybe she's she's kind of an orphan who's then been put under the the ward of of the state, and and so the Baron's taken her on as yeah as the page right to to help him out, and and so she's she's come from you know being a peasant to sort of she gets to live in the you know the upper class echelons, but she's a servant, right? Like yeah. she's working. Uh, so it's not a it's not a great life, but it's a bit different than yeah the peasants who are begging on the street and the, the yeah, who have to clean up serfs. shit all the time and all that sort yeah. of stuff. So then her coming down into town on those weekend on those days on her birthday, and look, I don't think it's the only time she sees these people, but it's the only time she actually gets to spend any time. No, with but them. she she gets um you know a full on great amount of time to to just let yeah. her hair down and yeah, and so. You can really start building those characters early on. Yeah. And so I think you get a few, you know, five minute segments to begin at, at key, key points, you know, eight years old, 12 years old, 15 years old, and then it's whatever. It's a 16th one or something mm-hmm. that, that this happens. Uh, over which, yeah, again, you just have sort of little goals around this relatively open. You know the grounds of uh, the the surrounds of the castle or whatever, and and the sorts of activities you do change over time. So yeah, like when you're eight year old, you're eight years old, you're like chasing cats and picking flowers. When you're fifteen, you're like stealing booze. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. And and I don't know, making out in corners or something. I don't know. There's going to be a love interest of some sort in there. I'm sure. You know, your childhood friend or whatever who is now the the hot blacksmith or something. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> All right, what's her name? It's a good medieval. Gwendolyn. Okay, Gwendolyn. Gwen for short. Maybe they call her Wen. 
know, okay. it's going to be yeah. a bit different. I like when. They call her when. Yeah, okay. Uh, they call her, they call her when, and she, yeah, she's got some friends, maybe who she grew up with before her parents die, or I guess it depends on how young. Well, it could even be that the first one, the very first scene that you see is is she gets let out into the town and she doesn't know anybody and she's yeah like, and she meets these people. and then this like group kind of takes her under their wing. Yep. Yeah, so that could be cool. So you introduce, you know, and she's got a little, a friend group then, and then it's and it's seeing them grow up over the years. Yeah, and you know, I'm, I'm picturing like there's this, there's this montage in the middle there of them like pig wrestling and then riding horses and doing archery and and just sort of um, all all the other things like they're just astounded that she's never done this sort of stuff. Yeah, and we'll look, and some of those could be part of the the bits that you get to play, right? Like, you know, at twelve years old, you do a couple of those things. You do some archery, and you actually get to, as the player, you know, attempt to do it, and you just get different responses based on how well you do at it. But yeah, it's it's all just it's sort of giving that exposition and 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 learning a bit more about the world and the characters. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's get into the meat of it then. She wakes up on the Sunday, the sun's day, uh, yep. uh, after this bender. And so, what does she find? Is something missing, maybe? Maybe she's got something valuable from the Baron, like he's entrusted it to her on yep. her 16th birthday or something. And she's having to, like, retrace her steps then. It could just, yeah, it could be a very much a- a dude was my car, retracing your steps. It's like, who was, you know, what is the last thing that I did? All right, well, there's, I'm covered in mud <laughs> and there's muddy footprints going that way towards, you know, a, 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 a street where there's a broken wagon wheel or something. And then you ask someone there and you get some insight into, oh, yeah, like, you know, they threw you off the wagon and you stumbled over there and fell asleep. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, who, you know, who threw me off the wagon? It's like, I don't know. Well, they're wearing this. And yeah, I don't know. We don't have to go through the whole, the whole thing, obviously, but I could see that working really well where you're kind of trying to piece it together and, you know, you're using some of the knowledge from the, the, the prologue bits to get around town, to, to remember, you know, the, 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 the old lady who used to give you, um, you know, treats from her bakery or whatever when you were when you were twelve, you know, her name was whatever, and so when that name comes up, you you have a sense of where to go. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, that's really cool. Yeah, it is. I like. It. I want to play that. I want to be when the page girl. <laughs> <laughs> learn about her. Learn about her life and story. And I'm picturing yeah. a very like. Uncharted esque, and I just go to that because it's sort of one of the highest fidelity third person action yep. sort of engines. Um, but you know, I'm picturing really nice mud trails through the streets of this town, and yeah, and just as, as you're going through the town, you know, and you're you're talking to like the blacksmith, and the the blacksmith says, "Oh yeah, I saw you, all you girls over at." Um, over at such and such last night, and he sort of tells the story, and then you get to sort of play out what happened. Oh, so you actually like go through some flashbacks in a way. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, that could be cool. I think they'd be fairly short and maybe they'd just have some like quick time events in them or something to to kind of maybe slightly change the outcome or or whatever and just have some, have a bit of variety and something to do. But yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I can- I'm kind of picturing it in an, in an, in a fun little like moving camera kind of very cinematic style that you'd view those in. Yeah, uh, I'm sort of seeing that um, the blacksmith sees uh, Wen and her friends like running down the street away from these um away from these like thugs or something like that, and that's all he saw because yeah. you know it was just well that's sort of it you you're just gathering thing. these little bits of information from every person yeah oh I really like that a lot yeah that's, that's cool that's cool three to one click blade oh I like that word bag. <laughs> Blade bag. <laughs> they call me the blade bag. It's a horrible superhero name, I know. <laughs> uh, could this be like Blade, like Wesley Snipes? Blade? Uh, um, I'm not sure where bag comes into it. <laughs> for some reason, I've got in my head that it's it's sort of like it's a pickpocket game. Mm, okay. You're you're playing like I've just got in my head like a Dickensian sort of yeah yeah so like you know Oliver Twist that sort of thing. Oh, that and could be an interesting opportunity to do some cool visual stuff with like desaturated environments and yeah, and utilizing and just, color to to kind of show your senses of of like of your mark you and, and yeah yeah. Um, one of the one of the early techniques that you sort of learn is to you know use your blade to to cut people's bags because mm-hmm. I'm I'm imagining you know cutting cutting the bag and like catching the purse that falls out and that sort of stuff. Yeah, well, I, again, I like the idea of it being semi skill based, where it's like it's kind of open world. You can go around and you can you can basically like. You know, if you come at someone from the front and hit this button, or you've maybe just got a certain uh, method selected, then, yeah, it's going to fire off the, like, you're going to try to cut that person's bag. But you've got, like, timing-based, you know, sort of quick-timey event sort of things to pull it off. Yeah. And if you don't, like, they notice you, then you have to run and people might be after you. Oh, and I'm I'm just imagining that the- you know, you've got sort of like parkoury sort of segments in which you've got to run away yeah, from the police. And exactly, that it's sort basically of stuff. like a, 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 an Assassin's Creed slash Grand Theft Auto sort of thing, but you you have to get up close and personal to like steal things. You know, yeah. So it's all about the um, it's the art of thievery sort of mm. thing, or the art of pickpocketing. And so, do you go with the classic thing where you like find someone who starts to mentor you? You know, this gang of of thieves in this yeah. town. Yeah, I like that. Are you playing a child again or are we going I do like child. I think I think hmm. um having an open world sort of sort of game in which you're a child sort of makes sense for this sort of thing. It's cause it'll almost be the sequel to the other one <laughs> that we just did. It's like a different perspective. I know that wasn't Dickensian, but like Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm picturing this as sort of like turn of the century. Um Yeah. Yeah. 1900s like train stations and I now. mean the classic thing is like yeah, turn of the century London or something, right? Like yeah. that's sort of the the classic thing. 
yeah, yeah I'm, I, I'm I like picturing that. like uh, Union Station or whatever, like they go to and and just lots of lots of um, ladies in in sort of um, bigger sort of dresses. You know, it's kind of got that smog field air, um, or at least a, yeah. the coal steam air sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like steam trains and yeah, oh, just just really getting the feel for this this thing. Um, yeah, that's cool. Like it's it's almost got the. You've seen the movie Hugo, haven't you? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I, I like that sort of aesthetic as well. Like. It's somewhat a little bit cleaner than, than say, an Oliver Twist, but it's also mm. the idea of it being set in a train station and that sort of stuff. Just Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that being set in a train station, and it gives you opportunity for lots of people coming and going, so you've always got plenty of marks. Yeah. Uh, lots of little hiding, spa- hiding spaces. You know, I, I think there's got to be a good emphasis on both traversal, like you said, there's sort of some parkour sort of stuff. You're, a, you're an agile little kid who can- Jump and climb and squeeze through things, but also hiding and, and like finding your way away around through kind of secret, secret passage sort of things. I'm almost picturing, uh, kind of that view, you know, when Batman in the Arkham games goes into the grates. Yeah. And you can like climb around underneath people and pop up somewhere else, you know, that sort of thing. So you can really yeah. get around, uh, get around unseen if you need to. Yeah, I kind of like the idea of going down onto the platform and and sneaking out onto onto the actual track to sort yeah. of hide. Yeah, you know, sort of hiding just underneath where the platform is and sort of getting really close, and then a train comes by, and you've got to like be you're really, like really still, otherwise, yeah, you know, you can be in a lot of trouble. And yeah, well, I, I love that idea of taking risks and like you're running away from from cops because they've caught you trying to steal something, and you're like run across the tracks as a train's coming and, you know, get to the other side and the cops are left behind you and get away. Um, Although then that does mean we probably have to put little kids getting hit by massive steam trains in the game, which is not great, but, you know, we can do it tastefully. <laughs> you don't have to see it happen. <laughs> smash cut to black. It, it, it just does a smash cut to the to the officers' faces of, oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's a smash cut to oh, their faces God. and they've just got like this blood splatter all no, over. No, 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 that's going too far. Okay. No, I do like the idea of smash cut to reactions, whether it's the officers or, or nearby. Um, smash cut to reactions and just there. one little spot of blood. <laughs> just give me that. Fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that- That'd be really fun. I I think you then obviously go up sort of through the ranks. You learn different techniques for like pickpocketing, you know, running into people, taking their wallets, maybe even other more complex grifts involving yep. other people and stuff where, you know, maybe you could do some three-card Monty, some performance-based stuff where you're sort of distracting someone while someone else, you know, you, I, I like that idea where you can have, you know, one of the one of the kids in your troop is sort of, distracting people with a bit of a performance and you've got a limited time to just run through that crowd and steal wallets and stuff. Yeah. I, I do I do like the idea that the that the detection meter is is definitely a big thing about this. It's all about if you can if you can cause an, enough of a distraction elsewhere, sort of like 
as as you bump into someone, you can distract them enough so that you can steal mm. their wallet. But if they're watching a performance, then they're a little bit, you know, a little bit more concerned about the performance rather than thinking about- Yeah, well, the and look, I think that comes into, you know, I, I'm really thinking that every time you do this, you've got a little, you know, timer-based QuickTime event, where whether it's one of those, you know, um, you know, pendulum swinging hit the center sort of yep. thing- uh, but based on how distracted they are, that that's easier or harder, you know? Yep. Or based on different skills or, or different things. Yeah, that's-, that's Oh, I, cool. I kind of like the idea that the- um, If you did do one of those pendulum or sliding bar sort of things, that yep. you- It's almost like a heartbeat sort of thing. So, you hear this- Right. Boom, 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 boom. And it's all about, you know, sort so of staying, staying calm. calm? And the, and <laughs> right. And- the more that you sort of stuff up, the the faster that it sort of goes because your heartbeat's now racing a bit faster. And yeah, well, that's cool. And if yeah, you can't like be running away from someone who's seen you and then immediately just like steal someone else's wallet because you, you're going to be too jittery, you're going to be too yeah uh, worked up. Yeah, mm. I, I really like that. Okay, mm. I reckon we've got time for one more. Three to one. Let's click. do one more. Yeah, see if we can get something a bit more mechanically kind of interesting we've gone a lot on narrative stuff which is always fun but oh that last game had a lot of mechanics sort of stuff in it that's true that's true we did a bit more of that okay stance less less stance stanceless all right i mean stance obviously makes me think of either dance or fighting yep those are two sorts of things or some sort of gymnast I don't think we've actually done like a fighting game before. Mm, like a like a Street Fighter esque yeah. Mortal Kombat sort of thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I know Mortal Kombat has kind of stance based stuff now nowadays yeah. in modern ones. Which which I never quite get. Although actually God of War had a bit of that too, where you kind of you put yourself into a certain stance and that lets you fire up different abilities. Yeah. Uh, from that. So, that could be an interesting way to go. How can we mix it up a bit? How can we make a either, obviously, either 2D or 2D plane 3D or or even full 3D fighting game where it's a one-on-one sort of thing and make it a little bit different? Okay. So- Where does less come in? In, in, in taking the- Less is more. Mm-hmm. I think the actual idea of the health bar is okay. is sort of like a, a. It's one of those things that every single every single thing sort of ha- every sort of game ha- has like a health bar nowadays, and it's like in reality, that's not what it is. It's more it's more an endurance sort of thing. You know how much how much you can take. Yeah, I'd like to see this as. A little bit more complicated in the in the in the fighting and blocking and that sort of stuff. In the fact that uh, there are certain moves, if someone does a does a high sort of punch to you, you're going to have to actually use a high block and and you yeah. know sort of low block and that sort of stuff, and just come up with a different way of of rather than just hitting a block button, then you've you've got to actually do a move to counter it if you're going to block. Yeah, so maybe on the thumbstick or something, you have to kind of catch it in a way. Yeah, that could be interesting. I was I was thinking, I wonder if it'd be 
maybe less. Maybe this is sort of a slow motion fighting game. Okay. Or at least not, not like, maybe not full slow motion, but maybe, again, to give you that time to sort of block and deflect, it's not quite as fast paced as, as your traditional Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter sort of thing. It's more yep. tactical around, and, and there's weight behind things. So if you, if, you know, you want to throw a punch here, like you can't just cancel that out. No. You can maybe pull it, but there's going to be repercussions to that. Um, you can maybe fake, which I think would come very much into it if the other person is then like having to decide where am I going to try to deflect or block. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, th- I feel like that could be interesting and, and, and actually a real uh, opportunity for some cool slow motion effects. Like I'm almost thinking, I wonder if you've got different settings, like one could be a bar fight. Uh, and so you could have like breaking glass and, you know, if you land a punch, you get the like jowls, you know, wobbling kind of effect. And again, I don't know how slow you go. You'd probably have to tweak, tweak it to really figure out, you know, you want reaction times in there. So you don't want it super, super slow because you don't want to give them, you don't want it to be super easy to block, but it's, it is again, more about being tactical about where do you put your hands and feet uh, at any point to sort of lead into your next attack or block. Yep. No, I like that a lot. Yeah. 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 It'd be very, it'd be complicated to come up with the controls for, but Mm -hmm. if you could do it well enough and you know, what sort of reminds me of mm, only in a very slight way. Do you remember that game? We saw at PAX was it? Two years ago now? I cannot remember what it was called. It was the one made by, like, the 15-year-old kid. And you kind of had a certain amount of movement to, like, move your limbs and weapons. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that one? Um, Sort of. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm picturing something sort of a little bit like that, where you've, you've got very much a limited space for how you move your body, but you move your body in very specific ways. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. That's cool. Anyway, yeah, I think we'll end it there tonight for another episode of Bitstorm. Uh, if you want to find us online, the best place to go is podchaser.com slash Bitstorm. Check mm-hmm. out all our stuff there, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. It's all linked from there. Um, check out our list section. You'll see a list I created for the AGPN shuffle, which you, if you're a regular listener, you'll know we participated in a couple of weeks ago. And I'm, I'm keeping that up to date with the other podcasts that, uh, that participated. Hmm. We are also part of the 8-Bit Collective, uh, a fantastic group of other gaming podcasts. Uh, you can find us there on their site at 8bit.net slash bitstorm and make sure to check out a lot of the other fantastic podcasts on there too like uh the hungry gamers or putting in work or house tomorrow there are a ton of them go go check them out we'd like to thank the agp and the australasian gaming podcast network we joined them like for just over two years ago something like that and they've been a great group of people search for hashtag AGPN on Twitter. Look for the at AGP network also on Twitter. 
or look for the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network group on Facebook. And finally, we'd like to thank Kuridas for the use of the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. That's it. So, thank you again for joining us this week on BitStorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And, oi, Governor, look over there. I'm not going to steal your wallet. Oi, where's my wallet gone? (laughs) Oh, I stole it. (laughs) 